dialed up the Pac-Man podcast. Patriotic American citizen, I'm your host, Ted Flint, on the BMG Network. And you know, before we get started, my daughter Madeline, who's been doing podcasts for all of, what, three months, four months maybe, she said to me the other night, Dad, you know, I've been listening to your old shows and you start out every podcast the same. Like it's a radio show. And it's not really a radio show. It's a podcast. And I have to approach it that way because I've been doing talk radio for decades. And I've been in radio since, I don't know, 1981 or 82. But it took my 18-year-old daughter to, you know, point some things out to me. Because this is the, I think this is the future of broadcasting. Because locally, there is just nothing to listen to. Uh, talk radio is pretty much shot in the upstate New York area, in the Albany area. It's, there's really nothing for me to listen to. So people are doing podcasts and, and, and it's taking off. This is the future of radio. And uh, we're happy to be a part of it. So if you like what you hear, hit like, hit subscribe, and uh, uh, leave us a comment in the comment section. All right, let's uh, cover as much as we can here in the next 15 or 20 minutes. I want to talk a little bit about inflation. Everybody knows about inflation. You go shopping, as I do, in the supermarket. You gas up once or twice a week, and uh, it's, it's, it just hits you. you. You can't help but notice. And for decades, we were around 1.5%, maybe 2% it would creep up. But those days are over. And Americans are, we need to, I mean, brace for some steep inflation. And it's not going to end in a month or two. You know, Janice Yellen, the head of the Federal Reserve, she said it's going to probably be like this for the rest of the year. And I'm reading today in Bloomberg that Americans have got to be prepared to shell out an additional $5,200 this year for food, energy, and housing. That's $433 extra every single month. And this is, a lot of people can't do this. If you're on a budget, if you're on one income, that's a lot of money. Now, the Bidens can do it because they're crooked and they're millionaires and the money they made is, uh, is has not been on the up and up, most of it. We'll get to that in a second. But this inflation is, you know, 8% inflation. It's been one and a half, two 2% under Trump. Now it's 8%. And Biden blames everybody but him. He blames the oil companies. He blames Trump. He blames anybody who will listen. He just, he, he doesn't get it. It's government spending, government largesse. The printing of money is what causes inflation. That's why prices are high. It's not the other way around. All right, Anna Biden. You know, Miranda Devine is one of my favorite columnists. I have, I've got a few favorite columnists, but she is really uh, taken over. She has been out front on Joe Biden and what he's been doing he and his son and his and his brother, the president's brother, have been making all these deals in the Ukraine and other countries, and the media just like turns the other way. Well, she has not turned the other way. Miranda Devine is a, a columnist for the New York Post, and uh, she she laid out Biden in lavender, a piece in World Net Daily. I'm I'm looking at this, and she says basically, I'll just give you the gist of it. Joe Biden is in bed with the Communist Chinese Party. Period. The media won't say that. She said this Friday on Steve Bannon's show, War Room. And it's about the evidence on the laptop and from other sources that Joe Biden has been running an international criminal enterprise peddling influence to the White House that has aided and abetted the Chinese Communist Party's imperialist aspirations and the corruption of oligarchs from Russia Ukraine, and many other nations. And you mark my words, that was a, uh, that's a, I'm reading here from this piece in World Net Daily, but that's what Miranda Devine said. And I agree with her. 
He's running a criminal enterprise. Maybe not now, or maybe he is now. Who knows? There's a reason why Russia invaded Ukraine. You mark my words. The Bidens are involved in that somehow. Now, he's got some dark money interests in Ukraine and, and other areas. We know we know the, the uh, Biden, the younger, does. And I've written a piece on this. It's uh, under the PAC perspective. Just go up to the BMG network and hit PAC perspective, and, and you can read about it. So Devine said Joe Biden was getting into bed with the Chinese Communist Party. And she's speaking of a deal his brother Jim and son Hunter made with the firm CEFC China Energy. Devine explained that CEFC is the capitalist arm of Communist Party chairman Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative, which aims to undermine America and make developing countries around the world beholden to China. And she points out there's plenty of evidence, but even before the laptop's emergence, that Joe Biden's family was profiting from his political career. In 2013, when Joe Biden was vice president under Obama, he traveled with Hunter to Beijing, where Hunter signed a deal with a state-owned Bank of China and created a $1 billion investment fund. Do you hear about that on CNN? I don't. In September of 2020, Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin issued a report of their investigation of Hunter Biden's business activities. September 2020, two months before the election. And this investigation was based on suspicious activity reports filed by banks with the U.S. Treasury Department that showed millions of dollars flowing into Biden family accounts two months before the election. The New York Post knew it. Senators Grassley and Johnson Republicans knew it. But somehow the, the, the message didn't get out to Americans. Then when the New York Post published its blockbuster reports on the evidence from the, from the laptop, that was mostly Devine's work, three weeks before the election, indicating Joe Biden not only had knowledge of his son's business dealings, contrary to his claims, but he also profited from them. I mean, this is, and then you get into this Tony, uh, Tony Bobulinski. Bobulinski, according to Devine, verified, corroborated the material that we had published and had a whole slew of his own emails and documents and uh, WhatsApp messages with Hunter Biden referencing Joe Biden. And Tony Bobulinski had also met with Joe Biden twice when the former VP was vetting him to be the CEO of his new joint venture with his Chinese energy company. It's a whole, it's a mess. The media knew about it. Then you get into the laptop and I don't have, uh, you know, because of time constraints here, I can't get into all that tonight, but it's, it's just unbelievable. All right, we're going to stick on the president and uh, talk about some things he's up to that, you, again, you may not have heard of, but this administration, the Biden administration, is considering pulling health care from veterans who fought for this country and fought for its freedoms. He's going to pull the health care, some of it, to treat illegal aliens. He's considering, Biden is, diverting doctors from the Department of Veterans Affairs to treat the massive flow of illegals expected at the southern border this spring and summer. We always have a massive amount, but we're going to get more in the spring and summer. Hillary Vaughn of Fox Business reports on the insulting slight to American veterans, citing a source with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. She quoted the source as saying, we're going to take medical services away from people who really deserve them, who went to combat to give free medical attention to illegal immigrants. Now, I don't know much about the Department of Veterans Affairs. I guess they're no notoriously inefficient. They have shortages in personnel. They're going, to, they're going to have more shortages because some of these people are going to be diverted to give illegal aliens free treatment. 
this, you know, you can't make this stuff up. Everything this administration does is bad for America and bad for Americans. This administration would redistribute the healthcare resources, expecting a surge of as many as a half a million illegal immigrants, according to Vaughn. The administration is gutting immigration enforcement and deportations in favor of a system to check in and ferry illegals to American communities. You've heard about this. He's having these illegals flown in to various cities around the country. In the dead of night, these illegals are being transported into American cities. This started, in my view, with Obama. It started in earnest. We have a problem in this country. We have an enemy, and it's the enemy within. It's the left wing. It's the progressive Democrats. They're socialists. You can call them Marxists. They're communists. They have, I think, as their ultimate goal, the destruction of American freedom and the destruction of the Constitution. You have to chip away at the Constitution to destroy America because that's, that's the bulwark that protects us and that's been protecting us for over 230 years. That's why the, the Marxist Democrats want to destroy the Constitution, chip away at it. They say it's old-fashioned. It doesn't work in today's America. We're too advanced. We have too many people. We need to, we need to scrap the Constitution. No, we don't need to scrap it. We need to keep it in place because it's worked for us, because it's kept progressives like the Democrats today from totally controlling this nation. Now, we expect, they expect the administration a surge of illegals. And it's going to happen because they're terminating Article 42, which Trump put into place, and it was designed to allow the quick expulsion of illegals on the grounds of coronavirus public health concerns. So they're going to do away with that. Biden is planning to eliminate the border security policy May 23rd, just in time to meet this late spring, early summer surge, we expect. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz told CNN he expects the agency to apprehend as many as 8,000 illegals a day once Article 42 is removed. This administration has overseen a record-setting flow of illegal aliens. Nobody believes that this administration is going to shore up the borders. All other actions or comments or practices are about pushing in as many illegals as possible. Other issues, leftists who attack innocent bystanders with these false claims of racism, and worse in some cases, have been put on notice by an appeals court in Ohio that ruled Oberlin College has to pay a record $31 million to a bakery it defamed. Said the bakery and the owners were racist. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Everybody's a racist today. If you disagree with democratic policies, you're a racist, or you're a homophobe, or you're a sexist, or you're a xenophobe. The Washington Examiner documented the ruling from the three-judge panel on the Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in Ohio. It was Gibson's Bakery. It's a 135-year-old family business near the Oberlin campus, which is a lifelong bastion of liberalism, the campus. And the, the, the college was sued. The, the Gibsons sued the college after the college orchestrated a false campaign of claims of racism. So the legal team representing the family-owned business revealed the liberal agenda, and I'll read you the quote, at trial, it was absolutely clear to the jury, as reflected by the verdict, that there was not a shred of truth in the vicious statements about the Gibsons and that the college caused the devastating harm. The college's attacks on the business came from a 2016 incident in which the son of the bakery owner confronted three black Oberlin students. 
They were stealing wine from the store. They were shoplifting, burglary. They were breaking the law. So they accused this young man and the whole family of being racist. So the suspects were arrested, and then they admitted they were shoplifting. But the school responded with sanctions against the bakery. You know, the usual claims of racism and worse. So eventually the, the store's business was crippled. These guys, these idiots admitted to their wrongdoing, but still a college went after the family. So the jury initially awarded the bakery more than $40 million in punitive and compensatory damages. That total was reduced later to $25 million, but now uh, there's a, an additional $6 million in legal fees tacked on. So the report explained, even though the students were caught breaking the law in the bakery, the college and key officials, including its vice president and dean of students, charged the bakery was profiling students racially, and they falsely claimed owner David Gibson and other employees assaulted the students and had a history of racism. All of it false, as was proven in, the, in a court of law. So college officials even distributed flyers containing false accusations, and they encouraged students to boycott the store. And it's the biggest defamation verdict in Ohio history, and good for them. God bless the bakery. He did bless them. Justice was done. And this Oberlin College, like a lot of universities around, this it's not a college, it's not a university, it's a college, but a lot of uh, institutions of higher learning are hard left today. And, and, and SUNY Albany, my daughter's college or university is, you can't get any further left than SUNY Albany. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But Oberlin, uh, they've been pursuing a leftist agenda in politics for decades. So one of its graduates is uh, Chicago 7 member Jerry Rubin and a list of journalists. Reuben was a communist, the Chicago 7 gang. Speaking of colleges, SUNY Brockport is inviting a cop killer, and he's speaking at an event this week. As a matter of fact, as you're listening to this, it's Wednesday. He is speaking tonight. And I, I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but he murdered two cops in cold blood. He executed two police officers in 1971. He's black, the, sus the, the, uh, the convicted. He served time in jail. He's out now. He's got some Muslim name he uses. I, I don't have his name. I'll get it for the next show. But he's been invited to speak at SUNY Brockport. And it's just unconscionable that a college, a university, would invite a cop killer to speak. Now, there, you know, I guess it's a virtual appearance, and it's paid for by an outside group. So the college is not paying for it. But it's just the principle of the thing. It's, just, it's, un, it's unbelievable this would happen. We'll talk more about this in a future show. One final thing here. Before we go, I didn't get to half the stuff I wanted to get to, but we'll do it on Friday night. Uh, COVID numbers are up in central New York. Now, we record this in upstate New York, but in central New York, uh, I'm looking at a piece here, some notes taken at work today, and I can't even read my own writing, but they're up in uh, five counties, Cayuga, Cortland, Madison, Onondaga, and Oswego. You might say, well, you know, I'm in Albany, I'm in, I'm in Washington County. I'm hours away from any of those counties, but we have... Republican members of the assembly from those counties, and we mix with them, we interview them. So they're down amongst those of us here at the Capitol. This is how the virus spreads. But we're all vaccinated. The vaccines presumably work, right? Everybody's doubly and triply vaccinated and boosted and doubly boosted. Everybody's still wearing masks in Albany where I work. And I guess there's a resurgence of COVID. By the way, uh, the next show, we're going to talk about COVID, but in particular, about a book by Bobby Kennedy Jr. called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, The Global War on Democracy and Public Health. It's by Robert Kennedy Jr. Now, he's a lifelong Democrat, liberal. 
So we'll talk more in the future about this uh, this resurgence of COVID and what the uh, the globalists are trying to use the pandemic. I, I truly believe. I didn't believe it at first. I'm going to sound like a conspiracist here, but there is this great reset, and a lot of attention has been drawn to the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Initiative, which regards the COVID-19 pandemic as an opportunity to accelerate the globalist objective. They want world government in exchange for national sovereignty. So each nation will have to surrender sovereignty in the name of global governance, and everybody will be at peace, will all be prosperous. It's nonsense. Hit like, subscribe, and share with your friends on Facebook. Tell them about the uh, the BMG Network and about its fine programming. My name is Ted Flint. This is the Pac-Man Podcast. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you in the near future. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.